8.16 after 10 o'clock. Yeah, thanks for those WhatsApp voice notes. We continue the conversation this hour reflecting then on the uh, 10th annual Lot in Glovo lecture, which was held on the 3rd of October. And, you know, the 10 is, of course, quite a significant number and the commemorative theme that they held this year was on the key leadership key lessons on leadership and transformation from the life of Lot Nglovu and really then speaking not only to the kind of leadership that he brought to the black management forum but I think also it's an opportunity to reflect on leadership across the board, right? So where are we when it comes to leadership in this country? Can we really say that we have the best of the best um, representing us and excelling at least at the level that the likes of Lot Nglovu did? Monde Nglovu is his son. He's a consultant and African leadership development. He joins me in studio this morning. Monde, good morning. Good morning, Kathy, and good morning to your listeners. Dr. Sbongile Vilagazi is the president of the Black Management Forum. Dr. Vilagazi, good morning. Good morning, Kathy. Thank you so much for inviting us. And Professor Wasman Ngutlu is the chairperson of Maduge Lot Nglovo Legacy Trust, also former president of the Black Management Forum. Prof. Ngutlu, good morning to you. Thanks for your time this morning. Uh, yes, good morning, Kathy. Good morning to your listeners. I think a good place for us to start would be for the benefit of all of our listeners. I don't want to take for granted that people know who Lot Ndlovu is or even know what the Black Management Forum is as an organization and what it stands for. So, uh, Dr. Vilakazi, I'm going to kick it off with you. What is the Black Management Forum? It's an organization that's been in existence for quite some time, operating under apartheid, post-democracy. So I think there's a, a uniqueness about an organization of this nature representing professionals and some of the insights that you say you'd, you've been able to, to, to draw over the years. Yes, no, thank you so much, um, Kathy, for this opportunity. I know sometimes I meet people and they ask me, what is this BMF? <laughs> so it's a, it's a relevant question to ask. Um, so Black Management Forum is exactly 47 years old this year. So it's been around um, for long enough, longer than some of us have been, bo have been alive, actually. Um, it has done some significant things for the country. Um, biggest of, of them, actually, is the fact that you and I, as we sit here, we have opportunities today through policies um, that we don't know how they came about, but those policies came about because of the BMF. Um, policies such as the Affirmative Action, um, Employment Equity, BEE, um, you know, they were thought th through by the BMF, conceptualized, lobbied for, um, to ensure that professionals, black professionals in particular, get the opportunities that they did deserve to grow in corporate South Africa, occupy leadership uh, positions of leadership, uh, but not only corporate South Africa, but across the country. So, and I think we've done that quite successfully as a country to, to, to sensitize to that agenda. And as we're going forward now, because every year, I mean, as time goes, um, issues change, and we always have to answer the question of being relevant. Um, you know, and I think we're still asking that question and, and trying to answer it now, mm -hmm. to say what are the new challenges that the BMF should be championing now that we are, we are, and we then draw from the life of Ababu Lot because we get inspiration because um, every generation and all the issues, when you are faced with those issues, they seem to be big and because you are 
experiencing those issues for the first time. But when we get the inspiration to re learn about the lives of Abu Lord, for instance, and, and understand their uh, uh, challenges at the time and how they went about um, to solving those challenges, that's when you realize that the organization is still relevant because the issues that the BMF is concerned about mm -hmm. are still here with us. Uh, uh, corporate South Africa is not transforming at the rates that we wanted to. Public sector has transformed, but we now find ourselves with new challenges, challenges of corruption, challenges of asking ourselves if we have the right type of leaders um, leading us. So those are new challenges that we now find ourselves as, as an organization that we then therefore need to start um, thinking along with uh, civil society to say what are the best solutions for this time. But yeah, the BMF mm. is here for professionals. Mm. Uh, Prof mm. Nkotlu, if, if I can come to you and perhaps take you a bit down memory lane, if my facts are, are correct, you are the first person, black male in South Africa, to officially qualify as a chartered accountant. Let's talk about a moment like that in history and an organization like the BMF and sort of how those two interlink. Yes, Kathy, you know, um, one of the things that we realized, you know, during the years that we were fighting apartheid, in my case, in my youth, in the late 60s, I became very concerned about the fact that a number of African countries were getting their independence, but the people with university degrees could be counted, could be, would be less than 10 or 20. And the big challenge now was how are, are the uh, new presidents and their parties going to uh, be able to get people with the necessary um, qualifications, expertise to actually run the big departments in government. So that's the reason I took an interest in accounting and, and, and really started to become a chartered accountant. That led naturally then when BMF came up that I joined BMF and worked with other BMF leaders, uh, Lovo in particular, during the early 90s, because we realized during the negotiations, rightly so, our leaders were concerned about the political dispensation, ending apartheid and, and democratizing the, political, um, uh, the politics in South Africa. But for a number of reasons, they were not, they didn't focus on how the economy was going to be transformed. So as BMF, we really focus on that. We engaged the government from the early days, as early as 1994, on the issue of having policies and action to transform the economy. And that's where Lord Ndrovo really uh, provided exceptional leadership and foresight in terms of engaging the government uh, strategically to make sure that we have got employment equity at the beginning and later on, of course, uh, broad-based uh, black empowerment. So that's that's the background, Cathy. Uh, uh, you know, Prof, as you're speaking, I'm thinking about how many of you at the time would have been um, professionals, either mid, maybe senior level professionals, but going about your daily lives, you've got families to take care of, you've got responsibilities, and yet you made the problems of the time your business and your issue. And much of what we see today is that people that are in the very same position that you would have been in, young professionals, mid to senior level, um, 
they're aware of the issues, but somehow are reluctant to get involved in driving the processes that can bring about change. How, how, how did you go about doing it? And, and why was there seemingly not so much reluctance to want to get your hands dirty, despite the fact that you knew that even by taking some of those decisions, you were in effect jeopardizing the very positions you occupied in institutions where you were employed? Yes, Kathy, you, you, you are right. Uh, under apartheid, even if one had managed to really develop and become a manager, you would always feel that you are not treated the same way as the white managers. They would promote you and possibly become, uh, most of the, our managers at that time, black managers, were, were made uh, in charge of human resources because they had to deal with black people. In accounting, I would be limited to small operations, garages, and so on, and not get exposure because the the white the executives in the white companies would not allow a white a black clerk to go to. A, so that um, that pain of exclusion and being treated as inferior forced us to think of organizing ourselves into organizations so that we fight one we support each other so that we can grow and have the strength of character to withstand the, the, the this this um the fact that we're being undermined and also grow ourselves as, as professionals so the, 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 there was pain and that pain forced us to take the steps that we took to organize ourselves to keep on supporting each other through organizations like black management forum unfortunately Kathy, what has happened then uh, post uh, 1994 is that possibly a number of people of us felt that we have arrived there are no big issues to fight anymore so what's the point of organizing uh, and working with others and try to take out things when when i'm qualified, I've got the qualifications, and I work hard and within the organization, I can just be promoted and be a chief executive of big corporation. So we've tended to be, uh, to, to focus on our personal growth and what we can get in terms of really uh, accumulating uh, material gains. But that's very unfortunate because we're doing this at a time when the majority of black people, especially Africans, if you if you look around, the majority of people who are unemployed uh, are black uh, are black people, in particular uh, uh, Africans and coloreds. If you look at the statistics that show the representation of black people in uh, senior managerial positions, very few, very few. If you take into account the fact that we, are, we constitute more than eighty percent of the po po population of this country, so the fight is not over. The issue of exclusion of blacks in this mainstream economy continues to be a big challenge, and we will not have realized the purpose of the struggle if we fail to continue to, 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 to deal with this matter and make sure that uh, as Africans, we, we are fully participants in this economy. Uh, there was a, a, a discussion on, on TV not long ago, yesterday actually, which shows that Africans being eight, over 80% of the population, we still co uh, constitute about 30% of the economy, own about 30% of the economy. Mm. We cannot be complacent. We cannot accept the state of affairs. 
we have to organize ourselves and continue to really engage ourselves and make sure that we improve our situation through organizations like the Black Management Forum. And, and, and I think that's precisely the point that while a lot has changed on the face of it, um, when you dig a little, di a little bit deeper, you'll understand that that transformation has not taken place to the level and to the depth that, that it should. But again, because you, know, you describe feelings of exclusion, being treated as inferior, being undermined. There are so many black professionals who continue to be treated that way, who continue to feel that way, but yet um, are not advocating it with the same level, advocating against it rather, with the same level of, of vibrancy that per perhaps existed before. So so thank you for those insights, uh, Prof. Nkutu. Mm. I think it's important to, mm. to sort of hear your own perspective on, on how some of these issues are playing themselves out today. So when we continue with the conversation, I'm going to bring Monde in, Martin Glover. He, of course, is um, the son of the late Martin Glover, I guess in many ways um, a, a key custodian of his legacy. I'll ask him to talk to us a little bit about his dad and what he understands his legacy to be. We've heard uh, from the professional side, but I'm sure he's had to do lots of reading, videos, speeches, um, so that when he's given moments like this, he does the moment justice. It's 10.30. <laughs> It's time for your latest news headlines. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. We continue the conversation on the talking point, reflecting on the work and the role of the Black Management mm. Forum and zooming in really into one of its significant leaders, Lot Nglovo, the 10th annual lecture uh, being held on the 3rd of October. And what, who was Lot Nglovo? We've, we've spoken about the BMF and the role that it has played in society. Um, the organization's president telling us it's been in existence for 47 years now. So Monde Nglovo is the son of Lot Nglovo, Monday, good morning to you. Thanks for your time this morning. I said, well, you know, you in many ways, of course, are as by, by virtue of being part of the BMF and at the forefront of continuing your father's legacy, you become now the spokesperson who who was Lot Nglovu. Tell us a bit more. Good morning again, uh, Kathy. I'm not sure about spokesperson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a collective effort together with the BMF and the trust that we that we drive and ensure that uh, my father's legacy um, remains remains vibrant and alive within the BMF and in other spaces. Um, so very briefly, who, who he was, yeah, he was shades of many things. Um, he was a leader, he was a father, um, he was a confidant, he was a friend, he was a thinker. And I just want to highlight just a few things that uh, you know he exposed us to. Uh, so number one, he ensured that he exposed us to boardrooms. So I was a boy at the time. Uh, I think there was a, even a BMFI meeting, or the conceptualization of the BMFI would you know, go with him to, to boardrooms, but not allowed to be inside the boardroom, but outside. So the doors would remain open. So I would hear the, the conversations arguing about 2% and 3% this and capitalization, and et cetera. I had no idea what they were arguing about but for the mere fact that he ensured that we are exposed to corridors of power, not just within the BMF space, but even at NetBank and People's Bank at the time. So he would expose um, us to those kind of things. And one of the things he also did was expose 
um, as to some meetings that he had when Old Mutual and NetBank used to be married, so to speak. So he, he took me to, to, to England when he had those meetings in 1999 uh, at the time. So he was very deliberate in exposing um, us to the corporate struggle, exposing us to the reality of um, what it means to be a black leader, what it means to be a father who was also a, a leader in society by exposing us to, to those things. Number two, um, he ensured that he exposed us to his ideas. So I'd sit next to him, and whilst he's putting together his speeches, I'd ask him, well, why are you saying this? Uh, and next time, when I'm sitting with him again, I would ask him, but you, you said this last time, right? Why are you repeating the same thing? And, 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 you know, he would say, no, we have to keep on repeating some of these issues so that we embed them in our conversation and discourses. So he ensured that when he was preparing for speeches, preparing for engagements, preparing for board meetings as well, I'd sit next to him. He would say, okay, come here. Let me show you how the board pack looks like. So he would say, okay, this is the section, etc. Here's the financial section. Now, you can see how structured it is from a financial point of view, right? So why don't you become an accountant, right? So anyway, that's a conversation for another day. So we'd be sitting there and, and discussing the board pack mm. with him as well. Mm. So he ensured that um, that, was, that was clear. Number, number three, um, he always wore a suit. In other words, he always ensured that he looked the part as well. Um, always clean, ensure that he was clean, always looking the part. Um, dressing very well as well. He got that from my grandfather, who also ensured that he also dressed very well. My grandfather used to bath twice a day, right, on the uh, on the farms where they used to stay. So he ensured that he looked the part, um, exposing to boardrooms, exposing to ideas. And lastly, um, the issue of stories. Right? So he would mm -hmm. tell his childhood stories. So one of the things that propelled him forward from a boy was that because he grew up on the apartheid farms at the time, but not allowed to go to school. Uh, and and uh, Dr. Mangana spoke about this as well because his upbringing is similar to my father's. So apartheid farms, uh, they called it Dreamander uh, during the day. In fact, in in some parts of the country, it still happens where children are exposed very early on to, to hardships of labor mm. on the farms. One of the reasons why he hated, um, you know, working on the farms is because he was exposed to it. He was exploited as a boy. So he would then say, I... I knew that if I got an education, I can get out of this situation as a boy. The other th consequence of that was that when he would step out and, and ensure to go to school, he'd walk long distances to go to school, upon his return, he would have to dodge the farm owner because supposed to report to him, he's supposed to be working, not going to school. Mm. Um, so even on that end, generationally, black people, black families on farms were meant to remain stagnant in those in those farms and grow up there and continuously work. But he fought that and he would be exposed to lashes and being beaten up by, by the farm farm owners. So he he endured that. Um, so yeah, that's just one of the, the, the stories as well. Sure. What what in, what incredible stories and it's it, and it really sort of gives you a, a behind um, the scenes look into his life. Spongile, we are uh, listening to what Monde is saying, right? And, and I'm thinking about life today, the intentionality behind it all, taking your children with you, exposing them deliberately so mm. to some of these spaces is actually something that often is not done. Um, most times people want to keep their children 
away from their work environments. I'm going to work. You stay home. Mom, what are you doing? Eh, eh, go and play. This is adult people business. <laughs> and, and yet, look at the power of just being able to open that window for a young child into a world that they are going to grow up into and possibly shape and influence in their own way. Mm. No, 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 that's very true. And the interesting thing, though, is that the other races seem to get that right. I mean, you go to an Indian shop, for instance, you see the children helping, you know, during school holidays, they are all there working together as a family. And I, th I would like to believe that it's something that we also used to do when we were still doing work that we had control over, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in the farms, you know, farming with your, your, your parents, um, you know, doing all these things. But something happened uh, when we started separating, uh, putting our lives into little pocket pockets that you, you spend time going to the office and office work is office work which is a bit sad and, I'm, and, and it's inspiring to be hearing that um, Obablot took that conscious decision because it's the only way that we groom the next la layer, of, uh, the next generation to mm. understand what are we dealing mm. with and what does it take for us to be able to overcome what we're dealing with. And I mean the point that um, was made earlier about where we are, you made the point that we, we're no longer as involved I mean, in, in, in the struggles and the things that um, are affecting us, um, um, you know, and uh, it's part of that that we we don't see really what's really the struggle. Uh, when we talk about boardroom struggles, our children don't really know um, until you get headlines like the 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 the, the past transnet. Uh, not just mm. the transnet, but mm. the 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 the, yeah, the 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 young girl with an afro oh, who yes. decided to challenge mm. uh, what was mm. happening at the school. I mean, you watch such things and you feel sad that our children are still fighting the same fights that we had to fight or that we decided that way we got tired and decided to um, assimilate into systems and be part of that system instead of fighting them. And all we've done, we've just left those issues for our children to be the ones that have to fight for the, for those issues. So it's, a, it's something that as black professionals, we have to think about. And, and I, I understand because the, the dynamics of having to stay afloat at work you know, the, 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 the challenges that we often have to deal with as professionals um, um, at work, as Bob Kutler said, I mean, they, they haven't changed. It's, and that exhaustion sometimes prevents us from then becoming the parents that we could be, um, of making sure that our children are groomed properly. Mm -hmm. But we should be inspired by, uh, by our Bob Lot, and that's why we keep on having the lectures, sure, so that sure. we remember and mm -hmm. we, 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 we understand what it takes, that we must never be exhausted. Prof Ngudlu, I, I want to come to you. And, and, you know, this idea of somebody being a business luminary in the way that Lord Ngudlu was very much ahead of his time. And I think that that much sort of um, speaks for itself. We were having a conversation this just this past week over who are the people that, you know, we celebrate? Who are the people that we acknowledge? Whose contributions we sort of raise up as as a country? And and, and perhaps you, you can speak to us about that because often some of these histories um, 
not necessarily that they get lost, but they're exposed only to certain pockets of our society. And therefore, it, it's difficult to have a full appreciation of the contribution of an, of an individual, especially if they're not in the political space, at least not in the way that we see and understand politicians. Yes, yes, yeah, I agree with you 100%. You know, um, during those difficult days under apathy, for me, the person who stands out in terms of uh, courage or not allowing apathy to really, um, you know, uh, make him uh, lower his ambitions, didn't allow apathy to lower his ambitions, is Dr. Sam Motsenyane. He was the president of uh, the NAFCOC, the National African Federated Chamber of Commerce. It was under his leadership, when under apartheid, they, he decided that um, it is not correct for African people to be dependent on the banks that are owned by other groups, white people. He said, as Africans, we can mobilize our small savings, start our own bank. And nobody thought that uh, would happen. I'm afraid even the liberation movements, they just didn't believe that it could be done. But he and his colleagues, the stalwarts of NAFCOC in the late 60s and early 70s, they collected their small uh, savings. They, they managed to mobilize a million rands around 1975. That's when they started African Bank. We need initiatives of that kind. You know, dreaming, having big dreams and actually having leaders of integrity and competence to actually uh, mobilize resources and, and, and have uh, um, role models, models and have institutions that are started by Africans and they succeed. It's, it's really very uh, worrying that uh, because we don't have such institutions and now there is also a tendency on our part not to really give a serious uh, um, priority to the issue of competence and integrity and purpose in when we are given positions to uh, institutions to lead. And of course, unfortunately, uh, our government has not been great of late. In the beginning, I think when we started, we had people like Dehang Mosenek, uh, you know, chairman of of, ESCOM, uh, of uh, Telcom, and people like Sizwe Ngasana being chief executive of of, of, of of Telcom, as well as Royal Causa at ESCOM. Those people led with competence, purpose, and integrity. And they showed what we as Black people were capable. We still had deep pride in the fact that we are aware that we looked down, and, and white people never thought that we could actually carry such responsibility. We had to prove them wrong. But I'm afraid, you know, people now take things for granted. They think that when we get these positions, we have nothing to prove. For me, the great thing is that when you lead purpose, it's competence, it's integrity. And if we, through BMF, we try to actually get our people to take themselves seriously and make sure that uh, 
we still have to prove ourselves and our country solving poverty and unemployment in this country is dependent on how we exercise leadership. That's why in the, in, in, in the lecture, I emphasize the, the, the continuing importance of developing uh, managerial leadership as Lot did in the, in the early 90s. So, um, Kathy, yeah, you're right. There are many, there were great uh, uh, South Africans, black South Africans, who had great courage, who believed, who had great um, belief in themselves, who started great things that we wish we should be celebrating today. But I'm afraid we are not doing that. There are many Africans who have, uh, black people who have, who have been great leaders, but we are not celebrating them. We should that get right, but challenge ourselves to meet the standards they set of right. purpose, mm -hmm. of integrity, of competence. We'll continue the conversation in a moment. I'll also be taking your calls, 86 That's the number to dial Vusi Mandla. I'll kick it off with you when we continue with the calls. Before we go to that, however, I've got one question, this question uh, coming through on our WhatsApp voice note line. As I'm listening to you, you know, uh, speaking to that esteemed gentleman from the Black Ma Management Forum, I'm thinking that the saddest part that we are facing as the Black generation, the Black people, is the fact that many, if not all, the Black uh, intellectuals, academics, professionals, I thought the main purpose of getting you know, education was also to come back and to uplift the communities from whence they are coming, you know, to, to plow back. But it has not been the case. People have just become so individualized, so, you know, uh, wanting to climb up the corporate ladder and sort themselves and their immediate families alone. Some are not even taking care of their relatives for that matter, which is very sad. We know from COVID that healthy bodies cope with illness better. Getting screened and tested for TB is free. If you have a cough that won't go away, chills or night sweats, then get a free screening with TB Check. For more info, call the National Health Hotline on 0800-029-999. That's 0800-029-999. Spring into sizzling summer savings at Diskim Pharmacies. Save 35 rand when you buy Skip anti-aging detergent washing powder, 2 kilograms, or laundry washing liquid 1.5 liters. Get Listerine Coolmint Mouthwash 750 ml value pack. Now for just 69 rand 95. And save 100 rand when you purchase a switch-free chargeable emergency lantern with power bank. Now only 159 rand 95. Don't miss out. Offers valid for 10 days only until 5 October. Diskim Pharmacies. Better health starts here. Now on SAFM. We continue the conversation on the talking point. We're reflecting on um, Lot Ndlovu. This is following the 10th annual lecture held in his honor, but also taking a look at the role of the Black Management Forum and in particular, black leaders in society. And this is really in the business and, and the corporate world, right? So much has been done to ensure that we have a seat at the table. We're able to contribute to a part of the processes. Um, but when we look at what it is the cap that we have 
have brought to the table? How have we carried ourselves in these positions? Have we actually excelled at least to the level that those who were fighting for us to get there would have wanted? Um, I'm taking your calls on this conversation. Mandla, you are out in the free state. Good morning, Mandla. Yes, yes. Uh, I, want, uh, I want to talk about Mr. Lord Nzovu because uh, I, I did listen to uh, Mr. Lord Nzovu a while ago. It was the, the early 90s on 702, hosted by the legendary uh, John Kwelani, you see. Um, Lord Nzovu was a very, very, very highly, highly respected somebody. You see, I wanted 702 to give me the tapes, but that unscrupulous and racist radio station couldn't give me. But okay, let's move. Lord Ndovu, you see, there are people like Muhali Mahanyele from the S- NSP, the, your, 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 the Black uh, Taxi Association, Tom Boyer. Those people, they, were, they are black leaders who shaped the way, but now they are gone, like Lord Ndovu. But, but I'm, I'm so glad that uh, the son and the other people, they are taking his legacy forward, you see. But I'm so perplexed by... The, the, the Black Taxi uh, Association, which was formed by uh, uh, Tom Boyer. Nothing is happening because the taxi people are fighting, you see. Thank you very much, Cassie. All right, Mandla. Thanks Thanks for Thank that. Okay. Uh, Sifa, for your out in bloom, good morning. Hi, Cassie. First time call on your program. Uh, welcome so to the show. To... Welcome to the show, Sifa. So you spared me by introducing discussions on Lotton Global. I'm speaking as one of his proteges. I started working in 1980. You'll imagine how old I am. But that's the time when the concept of black advancement was at the weight. I happened to work in a company that wanted to advance black people in a true sense, not tokenism. And one of the very rare opportunities, which I still value today, and thanks for people like Lawton Govu, Ruel Koza, uh, Eric Mafuna, Ma- Ma- Mafuna, as part of our training at the time for the company that I was working for then, we would be introduced to sessions where Lot and, and the three other people would be giving us guidance on how a black manager should behave. And I must say, I internalized what, what Lot and them and, and Eric, and, and I say, I wish Black Management Forum could really take a cue from what those guys started. That way, we will have true black leaders mm who will understand what is it that needs to be done. And I want to thank you very much for the moment. I'm glad, as I say, I'm one of his proud protégés. Fantastic, Sifako. I'm so happy to hear that. And if you don't mind my asking very briefly, Sifako, what do you do today? Well, no longer actively engaged uh, at almost 69, uh, but I still value what what lot and... uh, yeah, Fantastic. and uh, it's nice to hear his son speaking like that. And uh, hi, Prof. Prof. Nkutu, you were one of our our role models in the country during the times when uh, things were very tough during apartheid, where you'd only be given a position 
if you tell the masters what he wanted to hear, not necessarily, but Lot is one of the guys who, who actually made me very arrogant because when I went for an interview and they would interview me, at the end they would ask any question. I would say, are you, are you looking for a manager or are you looking for a black manager? Wow, wow. And I would always, I would always be asked to explain what I mean. I say, a black manager, unfortunately, is one who uh, is expected to come and do certain things by both black and white. All right. I know. And yeah. The All blacks right. would want you to come and do what they want you to do. And and the blacks would see you as a messiah. Mm, mm. And they would not necessarily look at somebody who's coming to drive this institution. And uh, for that matter, but that led, that taught me to be very independent thinking. And and uh, I would I would tell you what what you employed me for, not what you want me to do. All right. So and that was Lord. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that anecdote. Um, really to hear how you've personally uh, been touched by the work that Lot and Lovo was doing. Vusi, you're out in Swani. Good morning. Good morning, Tracy. Thanks for this awesome show today. Um, my name is Vusi Chibane, and uh, I represent an organization called Tatsa. Tatsa, the reason for its existence is to be the benchmark of transformative politics that uh, integrates black, marginalized, automatic entrepreneurs into the entire value chain since 2017. But our concern is that uh, we have been declared personal grata by a board uh, of GGBA because we have called them to a a social compact of community organizations so that we are able to implement the policies that are there by government, the South African-owned community master plan, and the voluntary code of conduct by the competition commission, the, the competition commission. So right now, uh, I would like to find out where do we report the board because what has happened, they've declared us personal grata and uh, uh, in terms of they are not uh, answering to our uh, correspondence and then there's been deepening silence from them since the beginning of the year. So we believe that uh, also there's no question cost management by the board to direct us who are diligent. So we'd like to find out if the board shows us. What is the next uh, move that we must do? Thank All right. Sure. All right. All right, Vusi. Um, thanks, thanks for that call. Vusi is out in, in Swani. Let me do this. Um, let me take Ntlandla and then we'll give our guests an opportunity to round off the conversation and, and respond to the callers just on the other side of the 11 o'clock news. Ntlandla, you're out in KZN. Good morning. Very briefly for me, please, Ntlandla. Uh, good morning, my sister. My and uh, my sister Katie. This topic is very personal to me because uh, as a young black South African, I started working in 2009. In 2010, I started negotiating for for employers, for employees, and then I got to realize how black people are so denied. 
uh, position in companies. And I fought for that, I got fired for that by demanding Section 20 of employment equity to be implemented. And they fought it when I went to the Department of Labor to show them they dismissed it. And the, uh, and the third parties, even there, Department of Labor, uh, section nine, section nine, uh, chapter nine is institution. They get to uh, submit section twenty of employment equity, and they get to deny black people senior positions. In big companies, they, it gets to happen, and black people. Most black people who are working, they don't, in fact, professional workers, they don't know about Section 20, but it gets to be submitted by big companies and, and, and who have got employees above than 50. And the employees, they don't know about it. Yeah, that's really from South Africa. I'm sorry to hear about. I'm sorry to hear about your experience. And and what will yes, Ntlanta, briefly for me. Can you please call Mr. Uh, the Minister of, of, of Labour, please? We want to talk to him and demand our rights, our constitutional rights, Section 9, Chapter 2, All equality rights. All right, Ntlantla. All right. We'll have to leave it there, Ntlantla, out in KZN. Look, the BEE Commissioner will be on air uh, on the show on Monday. But on that note, I have to take the latest news. We'll give our guests an opportunity to wrap it up on the other side of the latest update. Talking point. It's 8 after 11 o'clock. Welcome to the third and final hour of the show. In a moment, I know we'll be getting straight into your Friday wind down. We'll be doing that shortly. Uh, Stallion is our guest for today. Before we get into it, however, I want us to wrap up the conversation we've had for the last hour. Thank you all for the calls and contributions and especially uh, the reflections that you've shared on uh, the life of Lotten Globe and how you've been personally affected and impacted by his work. So as we conclude our conversation then i'm going to invite professor wiseman just to give his concluding remarks and also uh, respond to some of the issues raised by our listeners yes thank you very much kathy yeah thank you for the opportunity uh the issue of developing managerial leadership remains a top priority should remain a top priority in our country you know, what stands between South Africa and greatness is it's really the quality of leadership, nothing else. We have the same resources as other nations in the world, but what we have failed to take seriously is how we go about selecting uh, people for leadership position in our country. We haven't really paid the attention that we should pay to the issues of um, purpose, understanding that the leader that one is, a, is, is being appointed has actually managed to rise above the issues of being guided by self-enrichment or just self serving the interests of a party. But one has encompassed the big idea of, of uh, working in the interests of all South Africans or serving in the interest of the organization that he or she is leading. We, we, we seem not to have grasped this move, this, this transformation that we should undergo, that when we lead, 
We don't lead for ourselves, our families, or our parties. We lead, we, we lead for the interest of the country, if we are politicians or uh, in, in leadership position at the country level, or if we, if we lead organization, we lead primarily in the interest of all the stakeholders of the organization. So we seem not to have grasped this, but I think the experiences that now we have just gone through is, is, is put this in sharp focus. Secondly, the issue of making sure that we appoint people who have got the requisite qualifications experience so that we don't allow the situation to arise, that South Africa gets disappointed time and again when people are appointed to senior position to lead important institutions, they fail. Because in the process of selecting them, we didn't really apply our minds the way we should. Transformation is, is very important, but I believe that we have got adequate numbers of qualified black people, colored people, Indian people, white people in this country. There is no need, no just faith for us to lower the standards when we have to select people to lead. Let's make sure that they have encompassed the purpose for which they, they, they want to, to be in leadership position in the first place, and that they have got qualifications and competencies, and that they have got integrity to actually lead at the levels at which we appoint them. Thank you very much. Prof, thank you so much for your contribution um, to this conversation. Professor Wiseman Nkutlu, he's the chairperson of the Maduge Lot Ndlovu Legacy Trust. He's also a former president of the Black Management Forum. Well, now to the current president of the BMF, Dr. Spongile Vilagazi. Thank you so much, Kathy. I mean, to, fo- to be following the likes of, of Prof Nkutlu, can you imagine? Uh, what it means no, no, no the, pressure. No pressure. <laughs> to be the BMF president uh, at the moment, but we really take inspiration from them, because um, what he is uh, 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 referencing is the reality that our generation are supposed to be um, uh, uh, solving for. Uh, these are real issues. Uh, this personal um, or the need for 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 personal advancement at the expense of the collective is a real cancer for our generation that we have to find solutions for. And I think for me, I uh, looking at the life of Bablot, um, I am encouraged and I would like to encourage others to also know that one person is enough to start changing the course. So it's not true that everyone is doing this and therefore um, if I don't do it, I'll be left behind and what's the point? I might as well also benefit um, in the process. It's not true that everyone is doing it. It looks like that, but it's not everyone. If you are not doing it, it, does it, it means there's someone who's not uh, corrupt. There's someone who is thinking for the collective. And that one person is enough. We can see from the life of Bablot, it's enough for you to change the cause, to be the light in the space that you are. And I would like to encourage all professionals to start thinking like that, um, especially in a country where everyone is just rushing to get what's in it for me and what can what's the most that I can get out of this space that I find myself in. Mm-hmm. I agree very much with Ooh, Pro- Professor Nkutlu. Leadership is about purpose. Um, if you don't understand why you have been placed in that role to lead, it's a shame. And it's a shame that f- hopefully we can find ourselves to correct um, because our country depends on it. Um, our leaders need to start understanding the 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 duty that they they have towards the collective. Mm, our country mm-hmm. absolutely needs it. In fact, Monday, I guess you're getting the parting shot here. Last word. Thank you, thank you very much, uh, Kathy. Um, f- firstly, uh, as a parting shot, 
um, one of the key issues that we are taking out of uh, uh, Kajeni's legacy is the focus on the concentration of the economy. Um, uh, this came out of the lecture itself that Nganem Tunzi gave as well on the third, that we need to uh, look at the issue of why all of these industries, most of them have three, four, five major players. And that's part of the challenge of growing the, our economy, especially moving into the SMME space. Um, and if you look at those SMME numbers since 1994, uh, etc., to date, we have not really, really uh, grown that space significantly, precisely because of the, the concentration in the market um, and all of these industries. Uh, so three, four, five, we need to focus on, on that issue. Number two, the focus of the banking sector. Uh, Kajeni, even the 2000s, raised the issue of ensuring that black people need to start thinking about and discussing how can we get a majority stake in the banking sector, right, through triple BEE. And that is an unfinished business um, that we need to really look at. Uh, the next point is that the conditions are more favorable than their own conditions that they were in in the late 70s, 80s, early 90s. Therefore, when you take advantage of the favorable conditions, uh, we're able to discuss this uh, freely uh, the way we are now. Um, we're having the Triple B Commissioner here. We need to engage more clearly about even the principles that are driving the Triple B framework, the codes. Um, even the financial sector took many years to even agree on the codes. One day he was asked about the, uh, the targets then, and he said the targets are weak. This is the 2000s, and he said they can be reached within uh, a shorter space of time. He was attacked for that um, by journalists and even other people as well. And people then, even black leaders then, were even afraid to even defend the position he took around the transformation of the banking sector. So I'm really folk, uh, really challenging all of us that we need to really think through um, why it's important to transform the banking sector first. And lastly, the uh, strengthening of black professional bodies. He was once invited to a, it was called, I think, Black Executive something at a certain time. And uh, he went there, he spoke to them, and then he said to them, you need to close down this executive, Black Executive organization and go back and strengthen the BMF. So we need to be careful that even when our black leaders get into certain spaces, they want to form smaller clubs and not reinforce the black organization, professional bodies. And that gap is beginning to become a little bit more obvious when you look at all of them, that there's a certain generation in the black professional body space that has kind of moved away slightly from all of uh, the black professional bodies. So we encourage them. They need to go back, go back to strengthening all of those professional bodies to focus on key policy issues that can unlock specifically opportunities in the banking and financial services sector. If we're able to do that in Gacheni's uh, thoughts and mind that you can then spread other opportunities because the banking and financial services sector is the bedrock um, and it touches every industry in the country. Monday, we're going to leave it on that note. Let me thank you all for your time. Uh, Dr. Vilagazi is the president of the Black Management Forum, Man Monday Ndlovo, consultant at African Leadership Development, and as you heard earlier, also uh, the son of the late Lot Ndlovo. That's where we leave it with this particular conversation for today. I know you've had enough talking now, so I'm going to hand you over to the 